and welcome to this week's edition of Chapter and Verse, The Art of Selling Children's Books, created by marketing agency Rocket and the Bookseller, and presented by me, Charlotte Eyre. Today we have two guests who have together created some really exciting books in the baby and preschool space. Since joining forces only a few years ago, Camilla Reed and Ingela Arihenius, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, please correct me later, and together they have created some best-selling series, Peekaboo and the award-winning Felt Flaps for Nosy Crow. Their books are so successful that according to research carried out by the bookseller in January, Ingler is now the 31st best-selling illustrator in the UK. Her Where's Mr. and Where's Mrs. Feltflat books have earned more than £3.1 million through Nielsen Bookscan, but I'm sure that their sales worldwide are even bigger. Thank you both for joining me today. Lovely to be here. Yes. First of all, I'd be really interested in, to find out how you came to be working together. So what are your backgrounds? Ingler, can you tell me about how you became an illustrator? After art school, uh, I graduated from art school in 92. I uh, realized I wanted to be an illustrator. I thought before that I would like to be an art director or designer, but I liked illustrations most. So I set up my own business and been working as an illustrator ever since. Fantastic. And Camilla, what's your journey to being a writer and publisher? So I also did a year of art school and then, and then went to do an English degree and then from that found my first job in publishing in educational books actually but um, there weren't enough pictures in educational mm. books so I, I defected to children's books working in non-fiction initially and then I've just got younger and younger and younger because it's where I think my heart lies. Mm. I think also I, then I then had children uh, sort of 15 years ago and that sort of consolidated it all. It made me love the area, you know, the field even more and also understand it because I had children of my own. I understood very clearly what they did and did not like mm -hmm. when my kids were four and two. So that was in 2010. Um, I joined up with Kate Wilson and Adrian Saw to start up Nosy Crow. And uh, that was 11 years ago. And you are responsible for all this sort of baby and preschool publishing at Nosy Crow. Can you tell me a little bit about that department and what kind of books you make? So we publish books for probably, I sort of always say, under three-year-olds, threes and unders. Mm -hmm. And that can be, it's a mix really of picture flats. Um, so we publish books like Pip and Posy, which are just classic 32 page um, pitch books but then a large proportion of what we do is um, board books and board books with a novelty component because that is the the thing that I think is really um, engaging and really draws very very little children into books so that's books with flaps or sliders or mirrors or a wonderful combination of all those sort of things. And then, of course, obviously, a few years ago, you and Ingela start working together. Ingela, how did that partnership come about? Well, I was actually looking through my mail uh, yesterday and, and saw the first email that Camilla ever sent to me. And it was in August 2015, where she reached out and asked and, and presented herself and asked if I would be interested in doing a, a board book series uh, with Nosy Crow. I uh, reached out to my... A Swedish friend who is a publisher and asked her if is, is this a nice company or not because I mean I regularly get requests from publishing houses and you never know uh, what that could be but Lotta my friend she said oh they are so nice and cool and creative and you should uh, definitely work with them Aww. and so I I, I responded to you in a couple of days and said, yes, please tell me more about it. And then I got some really nice roughs and realized that this could be really fun to do. 
Oh, exciting. So when you approached Ingler, did you have a specific project in mind or was it more of a general, we would like to work with you one day? I think that I had a specific project in mind for you, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it was, it was very specific. I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't used to work that specific. So I, I really, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, before I'm, you know, a contact illustrators, before we get in touch with them, we tend to have an idea of what it is that we want or we think will work. Uh, I mean, that isn't always the case. And we have been hugely fortunate that this has worked completely brilliantly. And it isn't a science making children's books. It's a sort of mystical chemistry where you put lots of different things in and give it a stir. And sometimes it works brilliantly. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it has, I hope that this is true for you, Ingla. It's worked really brilliantly from our point of view. We love the relationship and- Me too. And um, the sales that go with it. <laughs> What was that very first book then that you were pitching to Ingela? It was this book, Where's Mr. Lion? And Ingela had done a lovely lion um, for, for somebody else and has done, I mean, Ingela is incredibly prolific. So from my point of view as, a, as an editor writer, what I tend to do is to have a look at what at people's websites and see what they do well and what they clearly enjoy doing. Okay. Um, and I could see that Ingela loved doing animals and I well I mean I'd known her work for many years and it was a sort of fortuitous moment where things aligned where Zoe us our deputy head of design but looks after the novelty list she'd said do you think we could work with Ingler Ardenius um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and I'd been sort of cooking up a felt flap idea I'd done a felt flap series at Campbell Books when I worked there but and had been okay and it'd done all right and then she mentioned Ingla and I thought actually the felt flaps with Ingla's style would work really, really well together because she has a clarity to her. She, her artwork's very graphic. And so when you put something as clean and as sharp and as simple as a felt flap next to it, they, they combine beautifully. And uh, so I've slightly lost the thread of what I was saying, but anyway, it all worked out really well. <laughs> So you published Where's Mr. Lion? So was that 2015, 2016, perhaps? Or was it even 2017? It was 2017 by the time we published it. It takes mm. it takes a while to make a, to make a book. Mm -hmm. And also, as you know, I'm sure, Charlotte, we all create them in advance um, and we create early material, which we then take to the Bologna Book Fair or the Frankfurt Book Fair, which are two book fair, big international book fairs that um, in March and October respectively and so we are our ambition always is to sell our the, the co-edition rights to the to our books in advance so that other foreign publishers will join us on our print runs which it you know creates economies of scale and um, so that you it makes the it brings down the unit cost of the book and makes the whole thing sort of economically much more viable. So what were some of those sales like when you were you know going out to publishers and all that kind of thing before the book was published? Did you have a sense then that the book was going to be a hit? Uh, yes, there was. There were two moments from my point of view when I was I was pretty sure that this was going to be a successful series. The first one was when Zoe, the my lovely designer partner, was working with this that cover. I saw it across the other side of the office on her screen, and I thought that is an absolutely fantastic cover. And we mocked it all up and took it to Bologna, and it got a fantastic response in Bologna. Um, so that my hunch was was pretty good I mean you you usually know it but um this has taken off extraordinary 
I don't know about you, England. What was your what? How was it? How was it for you? The <laughs> yeah, but as I said, I wasn't I wasn't used to getting uh, such a, a specific brief that I got from you for the first time, mm. and I, I and so we had you know cut together pieces of my work and said this is the style that we're looking for, and I, I saw that okay, they they, they have taste, <laughs> they they know what they're looking for, and it's kind of edgy but still childish. So I thought this. Uh, this would be really nice, mm -hmm. a really nice concept, a, a very graphic, edgy, but still childish uh, feeling of it, if you understand what I mean. And of course, you won the Sainsbury's Children's Book Award. That was big. Yeah, both the category <laughs> and the overall prize for Sainsbury's mm. Children's Book of the Year, which must have been quite special, because I that was the first time, I think, since I've been at the bookseller, that I've seen a book for preschoolers win, win a big prize yes. like that, which is very yeah. exciting. Mm. Yeah, I remember that Camilla, I think you actually, I don't know if I remember wrong, but that you actually called me from the subway on your way home and said that this is so big. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is really, really good. Not only that it won the, the, the toddler category or how you say, mm. but actually the, 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 the book overall, of the year. And yeah. I didn't understand that that was a big thing, but you were so happy. So I understood that yeah. this, is, this is something special. Mm -hmm. How many books are there in the Felk Flap series now? So we are just publishing this year our 20th, um, which will be um, Where's Mrs. Carl? Okay. For, for Ingla and I, it's not our 20th. We're, we're sort of months and months, years ahead of that. Yes, I, I have lost count of it. <laughs> yeah, we've lost oh, count. Really? We're probably on, we're, in our heads, we're probably on 26 or 27 because we, pub, we work such a long time in advance. But um, yeah, that's so 20 is where we are now published published and how do you work together to come up with new ideas for this series Ingela do you want to talk about that a little bit yes uh, since I'm so busy doing all these books I don't have time to think of new ideas so but I often get new ideas from Camille and Zoe and and I always like them so mm -hmm. yes it's it's most often they who uh, email me with new ideas. There's a joke about tight briefs here. I'm known for my tight briefs. <laughs> I, I give her, her a very, we, we have a very, I think we channel Ingler's her aesthetic very well. Also, the way I write is that I think about the novelty and the pictures. You have to think about the novelty when you're writing the text and how it will deliver the reading experience. So you have to think of the pictures at the same time as that. So by the time you've done all that, you've kind of worked out where everything's going to go on the page. So that kind of means that we might as well tell Ingla what that is rather than make her guess. So she so she chooses the positions of things and the and the color schemes and but we've kind of said, can we have a hippo here? And can we have um, you know, or could this be a dog poking up here? Because th there's no point in sort of um, playing a guessing game all the time. If the book's got a theme, it's got to have a certain set of animals in it. Mm. So we kind of go for that, really. Well, I wanted to ask you actually about the novelty elements, because, again, I think this is quite a mysterious area of publishing and one that isn't talked about very much. Uh, so how does it work? What's your thought process? Do you think about a story and then you think, and these novelty elements will add to the story? Or do you think, well, I could have a flap here, a mirror there, something to push there. How can I make them all work in a story? Or is it a mix of all of that? on England you are because you do this as as well we both do yeah, this but, but so you, you go you, you go first go no on. because I think <laughs> that this is I mean you do the first work so I think you should answer this I mean I I start to work when you have done the when you have thought of all this and almost most of the cases I follow the instructions but if, if it's something that I'd rather draw or think uh, 
it's better, I'll do that. But in, as I said, in most of the cases, they have done very good work. So I think you, you better answer that question. Well, uh, I mean, that felt flaps are relatively easy to, to think about. The strain is coming up with the initial concept. Mm -hmm. That's the sort of coming up with a formula that works and is repeatable. In terms of coming up with a novelty idea, I was aware with small children that they love they love a flap. Mm -hmm. Goodness, how they love a flap. They love to be involved in a book. A flap is finding something that's missing with a parent saying, where can busy BB or whatever it is, mm. is just such a satisfying thing for them. But in my experience, card flaps get, get ripped off all the time. Yeah. And we had done a felt flap concept, as I said previously, which had been okay, but we hadn't quite got it right. And then when I had children, I realized that you needed to be going, asking a question and providing an answer. And the answer had to be under the flap. And it's so simple, mm -hmm. but that's what it needed to be. You couldn't just be saying, oh, look at this lovely picture and what's what can you discover here? You needed something very direct to ask the child. Mm -hmm. And then they feel so happy when they do it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, there's all sorts of ways of coming up with ideas. From my point of view, sometimes I look at illustrators' work and think, oh, what would suit them? Okay. Um, and what could we do that would best um, use their talents and their, you know, their strengths? and sometimes we'll say like with a sound book we might say who would you know we want to do a sound book series uh who could we find that would suit that so it it depends it varies okay sometimes we get sent things not very much to be honest um people don't send us a great deal of things a great example is somebody who did send us something is this lovely book which is an ingler a gorgeous ingler alphabet street title mm -hmm. which was written and conceived by jonathan emmett who is an incredibly clever writer he's very visual and he he conceived the whole thing it's a massive concertina book mm -hmm. with flaps and it's all alph alphabetized and rhymes and it's enormously complex to do um but he's very very good at it okay. um so he, and he he sent us a, or his agent sent us a white dummy of it mm -hmm. and then um again type briefs uh we sent it to yes. <laughs> we sent it to Angela yeah well I wanted to ask you Angela actually obviously so you joined up to do the felt flaps but since then you've done a lot of work for Nosy Crow can you tell me about some of the other books that you've done with them uh yes we did start with the felt flaps and then it was Alphabet Street yeah mm -hmm. And then Camilla came up with the Peekaboo series, and I, I thought that was so fun to start with because mm -hmm. that was even more graphic and arty and, you know, simplicity looks so simple, or I, if you understand what I mean. Uh, but, it, but it's such a challenge when you have so uh, not so many elements to work with that, that you really nail it. So even if you look in a Peekaboo or in a Felt Flat book, you might think it's done, you know, like it's the first version, but it's not. It's like, you know, we send it back and forth five or six times, I would guess, say every book. Mm -hmm. um, so I really liked uh, when, when I got the Peekaboo brief and thought that would be so fun to work with. For the listeners, tell us what the Peekaboo story is, or not this, necessarily the story, but what happens beginning to end. <laughs> it's very simple. I mean, it's just faces popping up really but again it was um sorry if I am interrupting yeah yeah you go but I remember uh, uh Zoe and Camille actually came to visit and we were mm. already then and I would say that was two years ago and we were already then talking about what could be next 
you know, yeah. uh, we will continue with the felt flaps, but maybe start working on something new. Mm-hmm. And then you were sitting in my studio. I remember Camilla looked all around and said, it's faces everywhere. I mean, yeah, look, over your shoulder, there are just faces. Now, when we zoom, you can look at my wall. It's faces, faces, faces. So she's, yeah, maybe it was a grain there already talking about maybe we could do something, but you know peekaboo when a face is popping up mm. and that it would be a bit absurd not only human or animal faces it could be an ice cream with a face or a cactus with a face mm. exactly she's explained it perfectly yes exactly um, that's exactly it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my daughter is a big fan she's 18 months and she's really loving it at the moment yeah oh I mean it's that it's that age where they're connecting it's really it's so basic and simple yeah Yeah, you're just connecting with faces and you really yes it's very hard to enjoy things popping up that doesn't have a face it's a very strange thing it's um you know you only really care if it's a you know if it's something that you can connect with yes big eyes big eyes it's all about the big eyes and amusing um you know amusing uh it's surprising as well Mm -hmm. it's the surprise of it where it's not it's not formulaic they they appear at different parts of the page and you know that just shakes rocks their world (laughs) yeah um and another book you did um recently now you did where's mrs doctor now this wasn't a covid19 book was it but it was more of a celebration of doctors during covid19 is that fair to say yeah um absolutely and healthcare workers in general it was Mm -hmm. i mean there's you know there's it's everybody in the hospitals that are looking after us who are caring for us Uh, there are no masks in it and it's Mm -hmm it's all broken you know it's conventional um ailments <laughs> but it's about um you know doctors are, and hospitals are all much more a part of everybody's lives and we wanted to to celebrate them um, but you know obviously we it's for very small children it needed to be joyful and fun um and I, I think that's what we've done mm-hmm. yes uh, would that would you agree with that i'm sort of i spoke for yes. you then <laughs> yes i agree totally mm-hmm. So, I mean, we proposed it and the sales team were in very enthusiastic about it. So we're very, very fortunate with Ingla that she she is so brilliant at what she does and she can do it very quickly. She spent, a, I always say about Ingla is that she can do her artwork very quickly, but she spent 20 years, 25 years learning to do it very quickly, um, <laughs> it, which is what somebody once yeah. said about Picasso yeah. as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know that's what's so great. She can be incredibly spontaneous, and so she's making choices and and deciding not to do certain things and to do certain things very, very mm. instinctively, very mm. quickly because she's been doing it for so long. So we can do a book like that. I mean, you know, in a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Yes, that's incredible. Yes. That's really fast. Yeah, but I think my I I guess it comes with experience. But I think my strength is that I see the picture quite quick in my head and I don't think it's necessary to rethink too much because if it's the first vision I get I start to work mm-hmm. after that vision and and I think that could be a part in the process that could take time to be time consuming when you start doing roughs and think and mm. but I I do that part of the process goes quite quickly for me that that's quite a similar thing to me actually I, I we haven't spoken about that but that's exact I see everything when I'm writing it, I see it all. Mm-hmm. And that's when we send it to Inglis. So I'm sort of, I've got her image, her style in my head mm-hmm. when I'm creating the pay, whether, you know, the spread. I, th- I thumbnail it out first and then um, send it to her. And um, Ingla, what materials do you use in your artwork? 
I work mainly, I mean, first, when I start, I, I, uh, I just work with pencil and paper I, when I do roughs. But then I work uh, in Illustrator at the computer all the time. I have done some children's book uh, early in my career with um, painting with gouache or uh, I don't know the word in English, crayon, crayon. Mm, yeah. or, or pastel, or pastel, I don't know. Yes, yeah. pastel yeah. or colored pencil. So I, did, I have worked a lot by hand before. But now I just have to tell you, I just bought myself an iPad and downloaded a drawing program. And it's so fun. So I, right now I am exploring uh, working as an illustrator more by hand again, but still it's digitally. But I think it's so good that I actually have been doing, been working by hand with all those materials because then it's easier to work digitally when you know what kind of effect you want. Oh, I want this to be like watercolor or gouache or oil because I've, I've done all that by hand before. So I think it's always good to be have done the things traditionally first. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, completely. So right now it's either Illustrator or uh, this iPad where I work. It looks more handmade. Mm. I had a side project this summer, actually this spring when COVID came and I moved out to my summer house and then I painted a lot more uh, for myself. It was no assignment. So I, I love to paint as well. She, I don't know if you've looked at her Instagram. She's just never stop you are you are an illustrator but you're also an artist because you you're the the impulse to create just never ever leaves you and you, and you it never stops she paints for fun all the time I'm obsessed. And, I, and you have to tell them about the pottery project <laughs> yes uh, that was actually the year before yeah. i bought a, a lot of vintage white uh, porcelain uh, everything from cups to mugs to uh, coffee pots Yes, everything. And then I bought some nice uh, uh, pencils that you could draw and then put them in the oven. Uh, so I painted a lot of pottery. <laughs> oh, wonderful. It's beautiful. <laughs> so I like to always have some kind of personal projects aside where I work by hand because I think that's necessary. Now, the podcast is called The Art of Selling Children's Books. So I'd quite like to ask you about the business side of things a little bit. And first of all, obviously, these books have become a bit of an international success. Camilla, can you tell us about that and in terms of any sales figures you might have and where these books sell? Gosh, uh, yes, they sell throughout the world um, internationally. We have um, a lot of co-edition partners and I have failed to write that number down, but it's in the region of 20 co-edition partners. I can confirm that for you. And for Felt Flaps, mm -hmm. we, I think I'm going to say it, we've sold 3 million copies, <laughs> which is so fantastic. So that is internationally. We clocked up a million quite early on into their, to their life and they've continued to sell at an extraordinary pace, which is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Peekaboo um, is still a growing series. We only published the first two in the UK. We only published the first two titles in the autumn. COVID sort of disrupted the whole publishing programme. So um, we have lots of co-editions for that too. And in fact, the most recent title we published, Peekaboo Love, which I think you you, you have and your yes. daughter has been reading, has done very well. So we have high hopes for that series too, which is sort of building in much the same way. Fantastic. Um, and as our sales, one of our sales team said the other day, is selling at felt flaps okay. uh, levels, rate of the, the rate of felt flaps. If you had any tips for other publishers, authors and illustrators who create books for this age group about how to market and publicise their books, because we don't generally talk about them that much, what would you say? I think, I think that's more of your area. 
It feels like a publisher yes. question, I yes. must say. <laughs> so it is tricky, this age group, because in terms of publicity that that you would do as a publisher for four color books, for color, you know, picture books, and even and then up into fiction. It, um, it's very much about the reader engaging with the author. But when you have such a young readership, events don't have quite the sort of the meaning to the to the reader because they, you know, they're they're eighteen months old. They don't know whether it's Christmas or Tuesday. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> so the events we do do some events, but they they aren't such a sort of staple of the publicity program. Yeah. Um, obviously, we do we send our books out for review and for prizes for what prizes there are but I think this area isn't considered to be hugely literary and there is this funny sort of history to how they're made so that they don't um you don't have often you don't have authors on the book so they get less sort of attention from the trade press or from from the prize givers so it, it is relatively challenging I mean, I would say our, our main marketing spend goes into working with retailers, with the supermarkets to, you know, identifying supermarkets that are finding success with this series and working with them to promote the, the series. We work with also with online retailers. So we're now increasingly supplying them with more content. Um, if you look at the felt flaps on Amazon, it's got it's got a whole sort of layer of stuff beneath the front page that you might expect to see for any book. We've supplied loads more um, content for them and we create banners and uh, sort of little sort of extra bits of information. Okay. Now, from our point of view, just to quickly add on, of course, there's the other way of reaching our consumers is through social media. um, And that's becoming increasingly important for us. So we we advertise on social media and we have our own little Nosy Crow Instagram handle, which we started up during COVID as a sort of response to COVID. And we are finding that we can talk and, and communicate with our, you know, directly with mums and dads on, on Instagram. And then we'll be working with influencers as well, which is a sort of another whole layer of marketing and publicity, uh, which is, a, you know, a very exciting for us. And I would say that the thing that I'm mostly tagged in, do you say that, mm. is uh, small children looking in those felt flat books or the Peekaboo series. Yeah. I, so I would say it's a big thing uh, on Instagram because it's so it's so easy to do a little clip of your small child from behind looking in the book so and they all and they always look delightful when they're doing it and they always kiss, they always kiss themselves in the mirror, the mirror. Yes. <laughs> so it's just charming yeah <laughs> and I often uh, do get messages uh, on Instagram and people want to see different clips of their children reading the books and I think that's so sweet I love those little hands you know touching the flaps and looking in the mirror yes oh it's delightful yes well we pretty much run out of time but before we finish I've just got some quick fire questions that we ask all our guests so Ingela who in the children's book world do you admire and why oh I haven't uh, thought about that but I uh, (laughs) when I was a kid I loved Richard Scarry Richard Scarry that came to be your answer as well Camilla isn't that weird we didn't consult about that (laughs) yeah I loved it especially the book what I don't know the title in English what do people do Do all day yeah I loved it I I loved it I've got it over there yeah <laughs> and camilla we already know what what you scary i would yes <laughs> sendak scary um shirley hughes i would Lovely. say and ingler arrhenius yes, <laughs> obviously of course. um what's the best thing about making and selling children's books in the uk camilla do you want to go first this time 
undoubtedly it's the relationships I have with the people I work with Mm -hmm. I absolutely take huge joy from the sort of the collaborative process and working with these amazingly talented people um, who I just admire their art and their skills and I love the the fact that we all bounce off each other and we come up with in the end my second favorite thing which is the beautiful product yeah I first started working in children's books and I I used to go to the job interviews and I remember I used to stroke the books because <laughs> I loved them and I was like I think I might have found the right place for me because I just love the books <laughs> so yeah it's the physical product but primarily it's the people lovely and Ingela what are you looking forward to in the year ahead I, I remember saying uh, on, on New Year's Eve to 2019 all I all I want is that everything is exactly that it is right now, and then and then uh, everything happened twenty twenty. So that was a, a very bad wish. <laughs> but, uh, so I won't say Didn't that right that now. Wish. But but I I love so much what I'm doing right now still. Mm-hmm. So if everything just continues, <laughs> maybe not with the COVID, but uh, if I can continue working with with books for Nosy Crow and uh, and my products I work with, I'm totally happy. And I just want to say one more thing. And it's I like so much working, for example, with Nosy Crow because. Because if you compare with the Swedish market that is so small, I feel a, a bigger freedom working with, for example, Nosy Crow. Because you have you can work with a flap or with a pop-up or you know mm. different things. Scope, and and yeah. I I like that kind of book so much. So that suits me very well. So I'm very happy to be working with Nosy Crow. Thank you both for joining me today. That was really interesting and a fascinating insight into making books for babies and toddlers. Thanks to all our listeners. Make sure you follow The Bookseller and Rocket on social media and we look forward to welcoming you next time.